Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back and welcome to the top two stories at two o'clock here on Live Mike. What qualifies to be one of the top two stories? Well, if it's something that you and your family may sit down and chat about around the kitchen table as you gather to break bread in the evening, well, and that's something that's worthy of considering a, a top two story. I I try to think about it as I look through the, the rundown. Here's the, the rundown. It's a printout of the topics we're going to cover each day. I look through that list and I, I ask myself, what would be uh, what would be important to talk about uh, with my family? And, uh, and that leads us to this segment here, the top two at two o'clock. And the first story has to do with the Senate impeachment trial. It's kicking off tomorrow. Another chapter of history will commence tomorrow. Never before in history has a president of the United States uh, faced two impeachment trials. And never before has a president of the United States faced an impeachment trial following the end of their term as president. <clears throat> Excuse me. Interestingly, I thought I thought that the, the question of constitutionality, at least in terms of how it would be debated in the Senate, I thought that was all over. A few weeks back, uh, Senator Rand Paul took to the floor of the Senate and made a, uh, an impassioned speech against the constitutionality, arguing against the constitutionality of, uh, of this trial taking place. He made a number of arguments about, well, hold on a second, what, is the, what authority does the Senate have to, uh, to try a private citizen like Donald Trump right now? Well, anyway, uh, they voted on it, and there were sufficient votes supporting the constitutionality that things uh, charged right on ahead. I didn't think, I didn't think that that it would come up again. I didn't think that the question of constitutionality would be uh, a focus of the trial itself. Well, now we're learning today. In fact, uh, we're learning that there is a chance that the door is open to that that it is possible that tomorrow, when the trial kicks off, I guess technically the trial's been going on since the article was transmitted from the House to the Senate, uh, but in earnest, like the actual proceedings of the trial uh, commence tomorrow. Uh, So we'll see if Senator Rand Paul or anyone uh, sharing his views uh, speaks up and procedurally is able to uh, postpone the opening arguments, which, if that is the case, if tomorrow turns into a constitutional debate, opening arguments wouldn't start until Wednesday. 
where then the House impeachment managers and the team representing President Trump would make their case. Now, uh, there has been uh, there's been some outstanding agreements uh, where Senator Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell uh, need to come together and uh, decide on a few things and agree to some ground rules. Uh, Chad Pergram is a, a reporter with Fox News, and he has dedicated his career to covering Congress. And I'll tell you what, when I was there and I ever passed Chad in the hallway, uh, I would stop and just ask him to tell me some kind of crazy story, some kind of cool story from uh, history of the Congress. He's been there long enough and has such a mind that uh, he's always a wealth of, of fascinating information. And so it's it's to Chad I often turn when I am curious about uh, where things stand uh, in terms of procedure and specifically this impeachment trial. And the latest update from Chad says uh, that uh, Schumer and McConnell have come to an agreement. Uh, Schumer says, quote, have agreed to a structure and that it is uh, imminently fair. The agreement is 16 hours will be allotted for the House managers to make their case and 16 hours for the president's defense. That's the agreement between between Democrats and Republicans. Now, there is one other question which can't be answered by Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell. There, the question of witnesses. Yeah, this will have to be settled by the senators. This will be settled by the senators. Ultimately, the the managers will request, and they're able to uh, to make this request. But who could possibly uh, testify? Who might be a witness? Will we see witnesses? That's a, a big one to watch for tomorrow as this kicks off. What will the constitutionality argument look like if it does shape up? And will there be witnesses? I think the arguments of the managers and the defense, I think those are pretty well known. We know that the that the House managers, the Democrats, believe that President Trump incited insurrection. And we know that those who uh, are defending him believe that, no, that's not the case. Now, the, the defense is a little it's 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 a little bifurcated. Uh, there are those who have yet to weigh in on whether or not the impeachment article is valid, but then argue against the constitutionality. You see, that's a little subtle. Uh, and there's some nuance to it where you end up defending the president, but not weighing in on the article of impeachment. Uh, that's the, the constitutionality approach. Anyway, uh, that's that, and we will cover it in full as it begins all the way through to the end. Uh, a fascinating chapter of history. Uh, forget politics for just a moment and just think uh, how this will be covered someday down in the future, right? When the textbooks are written that address these days, I can't wait to read them uh, because witnessing them is certainly fascinating. All right, uh, next next story. Of the top two, here is number two, and it's the Lee Lonsberry Gun Report. Uh, just a, a quick update on a piece of legislation making its way through Utah's Capitol Hill. Uh, there was uh, agreed in the House uh, an amendment to the piece of legislation that would allow for constitutional carry or permitless carry, depending on how you choose to phrase it. But effectively what it would mean is that if you are, by all other respects, Qualified to own a firearm, if you're old enough, if your background's clean, if uh, this and that all lines up, then you can carry a firearm in a concealed fashion here in the state of Utah. 
Uh, right now, the, the last step really is for uh, Governor Spencer Cox to throw his signature down on this piece of legislation. And as I've, I have asked the legislators <clears throat> excuse me, working on this, they tell me that they've had conversations with the governor and he has expressed support for the measure. And so if that's the case, if we can count on the governor's signature, uh, Utah is knocking on the door of becoming a, a permitless carry state. Now, uh, there are a handful of other states uh, like that. And the experience of those states has not been an uptick in crime or, or anything like that. In fact, if you uh, analyze the FBI statistics and other, uh, other crime numbers and other studies, uh, it, it ends up being uh, a net positive. At least those are the claims uh, made by supporters of this legislation and supporters of uh, permitless carry. So that's the top two of two. What do you think? Chat about that around the kitchen table tonight? I hope so. Quick break. When we return, I'll be joined by KSL News Radio reporter Paul Nelson. Uh, he broke uh, a fascinating and heartbreaking story last week having to do with a massage parlor and prostitution. Well, that story continues to develop even today. He'll catch us up and share with us how he broke this big story next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.